All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Machines podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And today, we are, or rather, tonight, we are watching In Darkest Night. That's that's night with a K for those yes. listening Yes, In Darkest Knight. <laughs> I... I I appreciate how that manages to be both a uh, a Green Lantern and, and Batman reference. Yes. I was about to say, I was really looking forward to uh, seeing somebody on the show become the Green Lantern of Cybertron, but alas, it was not to be. Uh, oh, well. In brightest day, in darkest night, no episode of Beast Machines shall escape our sight. <laughs> I wish I may, I wish I might find the wish I wish tonight. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> yes. However, there will be some blue men in dresses here to uh, to argue with you later on. Uh, that's no fun. And uh, yeah, uh, this uh, this first aired March first, two thousand. Uh, written by Stephen Melching, who also wrote a ton of other uh, Beast Machines episodes, and also a bunch of uh, Prime and Transform and uh, Robots in Disguise episodes. So he is a pretty, and he's written like ev- for every show, <laughs> like every Transformers show, or just like every show. I think every show. Oh, uh, okay, fair enough. Those were Brave and the Bold, Clone Wars, Extreme Ghostbusters, The wow. Batman. Oh, Extreme Batman. Ghostbusters is some deep cuts there. Uh, Ooh, Batman Brave uh, and the Bold. Currently, oh. re- he's the story editor for Star Wars Rebels. Ooh, huh? Oh. That's pretty cool. You should watch that. It's a good show. That uh, that yeah, Starship Troopers, oh, Men he, in Black, Max Steel. He co-wrote Troops, the the old Star Wars fan film about the troopers. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's that that's great. a fun fan movie. It's one of the best ever made. Also, a Max Steel movie just came out, and apparently, it's not a fun fan movie. Oh no, I'm uh, I'm still amazed that's actually coming out and not straight to uh, you know Netflix. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. But anyway, we uh, we open on Cybertron, and we're still doing kind of the the fake uh, cold open thing, where we don't Luke get warm the episode opening. title until yeah. yeah, lukewarm opening. That's a good one. <laughs> that works. So I would like to vote that we refer to, uh, I, I realize it has a proper name, the, the Grand Mall, but I feel like I want to call it the, the, BF, the BFH for the Big Floating Head. That works for me. <laughs> sure, it stands for floating. And yes, yes. The, the F stands for floating. <laughs> and yeah, the, the BFH is floating overhead, uh, and Night Scream is sort of poking through, uh, what, you know, basically a, a ruined part of Cybertron looking for uh, Savage Noble. Noble, Savage, Marco, Polo. <laughs> oh, God, you beat me to making that joke. I literally <laughs> had it written in my notes. That's my first note. <laughs> Unfortunately, he finds Thrust and Jetstorm, who insist that there's nothing noble about them, but Savage, they can do that. I, I don't know. Jetstorm's kind of got that little smarminess that 
could be very well associated with nobility, but I I will take his word. I guess he he means the other kind of noble. Ah. The the silver bolt kind of noble. Ah, okay. The marketing noble, not the reality noble. Yes. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Back at the Maximal base, uh, Rattrap is working on something that he does not want Black Ragnia to mess with. (laughs) Because you look with your eyes. Yes. I mean, she she has both a lot of eyes and a lot of, well, maybe not hands, but feet. Yes. Appendages. Yes. So yeah, he's combining a spark extractor with a DNA scanner, and with this, he would intend to reunite uh, captured sparks and sort of make them a body. Uh, out of what exactly, they don't specify, but it's a start, and it's really not finished. It's Stuff. not even that they don't specify, it's like... Black Arachnia points out holes in the plan, and Rattrap's like, eh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're clearly a ways away from even finding where those sparks are. Yeah. Even though this is... Was this subtitled on uh, Fox Kids? Did they call this Battle for the Spark? At some point uh, maybe they did. They I know the toy lines was uh, dubbed Battle for... Like, that was the sub-line. Yes, and and I pointed out the typo in the in the Toy Fair promotional material. It's battle for the shark, <laughs> and there was a shark that year. <laughs> Very uh, important shark. And also notable here, uh, instead of calling them Maximal Sparks, you refer to them as Transformer Sparks. So I guess there are some Predacons in there. Probably, or he's yeah, just maybe specific. It's like just whoever we can find who isn't Megatron. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, or maybe there's a few. Or maybe there's a few Autobot sparks still kicking around. This is true. And, you know, maybe some retired Decepticons. I don't know. Some Malignus. <laughs> <gasps> what? Oh, those silly little Crazy guys. stuff. Some Minicons. Anyway, Optimus, Primal, drop in. Optimus, Primal, and Cheetor drop in. Uh, they can't find Night Scream. And so they figure that he has gone, uh, once again, looking for Savage Noble. Because, which... Looking for his lost yeah, dog. is kind of down on him about this, but I don't know. He just wants a pet. Yeah. Also, it's it's pointed out that uh, Night Scream has been gone for three mega cycles. Oh, How long is that? Some, I'm going to say hours. I think three days. I mean, it is Night Scream. You would yeah. think they would miss him before then. Uh, no, yeah. you wouldn't think they'd miss him before then. But. Context does suggest that that means hours, but still we get more yeah. random time measurements. I mean, mm. I do think it's hours because Optimus is all being mama hen here and going, oh no, it's past his curfew and we haven't <laughs> heard him call in. He's probably lying dead in a ditch somewhere. We gotta go out and find him. Oh no! <laughs> He's Poor doing baby. drugs, having uh, premarital sex. Who knows what's going on? Ah, oh, terrible, terrible. <laughs> Not even once. <laughs> but before everybody takes off, uh, Black Rachnia kind of steals Rattrap's thing, or at least gives the strong indication that she's probably going to do that. She has plans. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for making the MacGuffin that will fuel this episode, Rattrap. It's like you read the script. <laughs> yes. yeah. Well, it's not quite a MacGuffin, because it actually does advance the plot. Well, true. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, a MacGuffin is more like the, uh, the BET in uh, that G.I. Joe movie. The the broadcast energy transmitter, not black entertainment television. (laughs) Well, there's that, too. Although Destro does love Tavis Smiley. (laughs) Anyway, so they they find 
Yeah, they, they find Night Scream, and he is surrounded by Viacons. We get a fight, and, uh, you know, it, 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 it is, as usual, you know, it, it's a fun fight. Yeah, at this it's point, it's, it's hard to cover yeah, the fights on the show, because they usually are really good. It's, it's only notable when they're weird now. Yes. Well, there was the one bit of weirdness being, I, I think, I guess it might have shown up earlier uh, in the first season, but Cheetor flying just by holding his swords together. Oh, yeah, he did. No, it shows up again around now. Yeah, okay. I think it's I, it's either this episode or the next episode. It happens again. No, it, it is okay. this episode because I have the note. How is Cheetor flying? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, cause how can Cheetor just fly with his blades? Did it, he did that the first time he transformed last season? I think, but then he really didn't do it that okay. often after that. Maybe because some people realized often, it was dumb. It looks silly. It's super dumb. weird. Yeah, one notable so, thing is that yeah, he's flying. At one point, Jetstorm is flying, Black Arachnia jumps on him, and he turns his head 180 degrees. Yeah, yeah that's he, Jetstorm's part owl. I mean, they're robots. that You can turn the toys' heads all the well, way around. Yes, but it's not that often we see that happen in animation. Unless it's for a game no, where I, somebody's it, head spins all the way around. It happened a couple of times. Yeah, it happened in Beast Wars for complete joke, when somebody's head would spin all the way around, like Pterosaur or somebody. Yeah, or I think there was one time when uh, Dinobot was holding Rattrap's head and he tried to punch him and he just ended up rotating by the neck. Yeah. yeah I mean, I can see the uh, Jetstorm Al comparison. Whenever somebody says a name that's not Jetstorm, he goes, who? <laughs> <laughs> also, Owl's not nearly as smart as we all think they are. Uh-huh. Most of them, no. They're just kind of good at hopping and... I mean, catching things in the dark. They're no, they're no corvids. I mean, seriously. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it turns out Jetstorm isn't that smart either because Black Arachnia fairly easily traps him. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And yeah, she she lures him underground. But unfortunately, while all this is going on, a Megatron UFO abducts <laughs> Optimus and Cheetor. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. It, it's like. He's, he seems to enjoy pontificating even more now that he's just a giant floating head. Oh, yes. I, I do feel that there was uh, one one change that would have made it better, is that the tractor beam should really, like, pull them into his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so he's eating them, and not just into a nom, hole nom, in the nom, bottom. Nom, nom, nom. That would have been amazing. <laughs> uh, I mean, then he'd be even more of a floating, sparkless tribute to Unicron. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Night Scream is, uh, you know, at the mercy of Thrust here, but uh, thankfully, Savage uh, Noble comes out in dragon form and totally messes up Thrust, and then just drags Night Scream away, yes, like Night- uh, like a stick, like a chew toy. Yes. And uh, Ravage follows, assuming that Savage is going to eat him. Hmm. Damn it, don't I split know. the party. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's split in three ways now, but yeah, it's splitting the party seems to be the plot of season two. Always split I mean, up. it's hard to find multiple things for a, a group of people to do while they're all together. Yeah, this is true. Well, yeah, because they don't have the base anymore from back in the olden right. days when it was the war. So nobody can hang around in the base. And of course, well, they do have bases, but it's like they keep running out of it to do things and changing bases. Yeah. 
And of course, uh, at least two of the people doing things in this episode, if anybody were around them, they would probably tell them to stop because they're being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. There, there would be some slapping. There would definitely be slapping. There was almost slapping as it was, I felt. Oh, yes. At, at a point when Rattrap's going after Night Scream, he, Rattrap calls him his buddy. When did that happen? Yeah, that's... That... <laughs> I mean, they're kind of all getting along these days until next episode. <laughs> I assumed it was sarcastic myself. Maybe it just... I mean, they seem to kind of be getting along these days. Yeah, but, but Rat Trap is one who does not trust other people very easily. Him saying buddy after knowing Night Scream, what, like five episodes? Or, no, more than no, was the beginning eh, of last season. I mean... Fifteen episodes. I mean, he eventually befriended Dinobot in about, you know, maybe two and a half seasons worth yeah, of show. it took a long time. And that time. was a guy who was an active, you know, originally an active villain. Yeah. For and also episode. betrayed his friends at least once. Night Scream has been a jerk for at least half a season. That's way worse. Yeah, but he's jerk, not... But not, not he's an not, evil jerk. He's not mm. an active antagonist. He's just a little antagonistic. Yes. He's just a little teenager yeah. Stupid Edward Furlong hair. <laughs> She's not my mother, Todd. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, Black Rackney has led Jetstorm uh, deep into the bowels of Cybertron and uh, eventually webs him up inside a, uh, a deposit of organic goo. <laughs> she's, and she's planted that DNA scanner she stole from him, and it Luckily, this also happens to be in a cave of fossils, and it starts scanning. Yeah, it, and it finds no. nothing. It scans is actually what he turns into. Well, no, we're listen. It's only going to be one episode. We're not making a whole new model for a condor skeleton. Okay, fine. It's weird because he scan, he scans the giant bat again, the same one the night screen turned into, and a giant dinosaur uh. skeleton, and somehow that's not what we get. Bat plus dinosaur equals condor sort of thing. Actually, well, that kind of does work. Yeah, yeah, I mean, dinosaurs, you know. A dinosaur I mean, that's significantly dinosaur. smaller and can fly. Yeah, and they seem to, you know, have evolved into birds. So yeah. there you go. For a split second, I forgot how this season went and thought the direction they were going in was Black Arachnia screwed up and she turned him into a horrifying Cronenbergian nightmare. I mean, oh, this is getting great. pretty body horror. Yeah, Black Arachnia, you need to kind of address that whole consent thing again. <laughs> we need to send you back to the diversity training. Well, I guess that is the question here. Um, did Black Arachnia murder Jetstorm? Jetstorm, yes. I know. Yes, R.I.P. Jetstorm. I mean, Jetstorm's gone. Well, that's the thing. If you say if you if you cure Bruce Banner, have you murdered the Hulk? Yes. We could be here for hours discussing that. Yeah, because yes, it really depends on to which episode. to which extent they are actually separate beings. Yeah, because right. well, and given that, hmm. given Silverbolt's response to a lot of this, clearly he does not see them as having been separate beings. Yeah, and and with Tank or right. Rhinox, so. they were they, same being, different, not even personality, different side of the personality. But it's still, it, it's killing part of him. The, a bit of a shell program so, that he, well, we'll get there. I guess, yeah, in the case of this, is it like giving him unwanted psychiatric treatment? Yeah, that's hmm. a better analogy. Like, like putting him on psychiatric medication against his will? Right. 
But in this case, he wouldn't be capable of consenting to that because his true personality is suppressed. Man, this is this is deep stuff, man. I want to write about some of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, and yeah, this is it for Jetstorm, and we are all going to miss Jetstorm. Oh yeah, yeah. especially uh-huh. considering what we trade him for. I mean, so he, he was a lot of fun. Uh, Brian Drummond uh, gave a very good performance. Great performance. He's he always has good lines. Yeah, consistently, yeah. I think he was the funniest character. Yes. He was a bright spot of not bleak in an otherwise fairly dour show. Yeah. Yes. And it's, I mean, it's not going to get that much bleaker from here. No. Uh, but we don't get a lot of more, we don't get much more in the way of comedy, of comic relief. Yeah. Instead, we now we have an and, ugly anyway. buzzard. Oh, I hate, I hate this yeah, bird it's mode. Yeah, it's, and he's a con- buzzard condor. I, I, it does look like a condor. Condors are ugly birds. Yeah. I mean, it's, the thing is, and I mean, it, it does help that Beast Machines is like 90% aesthetic. Yeah. So he, he, he's gonna look really super cool. So when he's sort of moaning and groaning like he's some horrible monster, it's like not, not really. I mean, do you, do you just miss your wolf parts that much? <laughs> or, I mean, what's, what's the big deal? Why are you this upset about it? Cause yeah. he doesn't really come across as, as actually being ugly. I used to no, be I mean, my own best friend. <laughs> I, I guess he does just miss his dog parts because he doesn't have fun like a dog anymore. He's just brooding. Oh, but like I, a bird. I, yeah. I, I do a little Sam the Eagle. <laughs> yeah, he is kind of grumpy too. And I, I really do like his beast mode design. I, for the first time it kind of clicked with me that kind of his whole color scheme and line break things that he has going on is kind of actually more of a uh, Native American artwork homage kind of thing. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. I can definitely see that. I like the Especially way the colors since, you know, break the condor up. is important to certain Some of the uh, shapes. Like the head, I don't like the head. It, it is like taking a extremely abstracted 2D bird design and turning it into 3D and there are some poses it really works from, and there are some poses where it just looks kind of strange and like it was never supposed to look like that. Yeah. As as a side note, you know what's not great is his toy. Yeah, no. It's uh, <laughs> not good. It's worse. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. It, was, it looks much worse. Kind of it was ugly. tiny, and here, when we finally see him in robot mode, he's, like, as tall as Optimus. Yeah. Uh, and the colors are just all off, and it just it doesn't look great. And his arms don't really go anywhere in beast mode, making him more of a more of a griffin. Yeah, oh. it's not good. Weird. And so he's uh, he's confused, and he just takes off on his stumpy little wings. So he is now he now feels as emo as Night Scream looks. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Black Rain attracts him down. He's there, and yeah, he. Well, uh, the uh, Stephen Melching named the episode as he considered uh, the original Silver Bolt to be sort of the Adam West Batman, uh-huh. and now he's like Frank Miller Batman. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's an apt comparison. So yeah, when yeah, when Black Arachnia approaches him again, uh, I to pardon my language, but Black Arachnia clearly gives no fucks about <laughs> his brooding. <laughs> 
it's I've I've had mixed feelings on her. I mean, like like we discussed before, she ended up being like my favorite part of of rewatching Beast Wars, and so I've been a little off and on on her in Beast Machines. But that was I really really liked her just being absolutely not buying any of it. It's great. Yeah, like just come on, man, cheer up, emo Silverbolt. Yeah. I like how few fucks she gives, but she does seem remarkably heavy on the uh, lovey-dovey and good train. I mean, I assume she's sort of trying to use his own words on him to sort of snap (laughs) him out of it. So so my favorite line here, and I I had to write this down because I really want to reuse it at some point in in some self-aware, similar kind of, of thing, which is that she's like, you know talking about how he used to be. And he says, I was a fool back then. I believed in things. <laughs> like, oh, God damn it, Silverbolt. I believed in things. And, uh, yeah. and, it, and we, should, uh, we should mention here that uh, it's Scott McNeil voicing Silverbolt again. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's getting right back into it. And he, it, the voice he's using works, I think, with the new characterization. Well, yeah, because it's his Wolverine voice. It is. Oh, yeah, he does do Wolverine. I was thinking it was more like his his Piccolo voice. Because, like, this this is actually the point, I think, when I started noticing voice actors when I was watching shows. It's like, oh, shit, that's Mr. Piccolo. I started figuring out who (laughs) was who. Okay, if we really want to go into the other franchises thing, it's his duo Maxwell voice. Ah. Uh, What's what's that from? Duo. uh, Gundam Wing. Wing. Duo oh, sounds okay. a little bit younger, but yeah, it, it's pretty much the same inflections. Sort of a, a pissy, young, arrogant boy. Only not as bad as Night Screw. But it sounds enough like the original Silverbolt that it's yeah, it's clearly the same guy. Yeah, same guy, different life has run over him. Yeah. And he's a jerk. Yes. And anyway, meanwhile, Optimus Primal and Cheetor are in uh, Casa Giant Head... <laughs> and he is going to uh, take every bit of data from the Oracle from the, from them to better understand how he can fully exploit the sparks in his possession, which will be slow, painful, and regrettably fatal. <laughs> I don't believe him on that last part. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, the regrettably part, not the fatal part. <laughs> ah. But yeah, I was surprised how immediate and straightforward his answer was. Yeah. Normally you'd get... Kind of a sarcastic gloat, but... Yeah, he's not giving you the runaround. Yep. And so, yeah, Black Ragnia tells Silverbolt that, uh, hey, you know, Primal and Cheetor are in this giant head here. And he's, you know, he heads there, but not uh, not because he particularly cares about Primal and Cheetor. He is vengeance. He is the knight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He is Condor Man. I was going to say Hawkman, but... That's fair. I just I I recall him at least his toy officially being called a condor I think, but yeah I I will concede to his animation model not really particularly looking like one. Oh, I was just going for having a superhero name. That too. Uh, Named after a uh, an unsuccessful uh, '80s movie. Yeah, Condor Man. He was like Uh, a comic book artist who I think had to pose as a superhero to fool the KGB or something. Something like that. Oh, I they don't know. Start that back up and 
start a cinematic universe alongside Puma Man. <laughs> hey, I mean, it, it was that was actually a Disney movie, so oh. I, you know, I'm I'm sure uh, Michael uh, Crawford is waiting by the phone for that MCU call. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, uh, back in our B plot. Yeah, or is it C plot? But... Night Scream is in that weird waterfall place where, which we saw a couple episodes, where I guess Savage Noble lives now. Oh, speaking of waterfalls, I finally saw Reservoir Dogs. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, I shouldn't go chasing them, and I should stick Yay. to the rivers and the lakes that I'm used to. Oh. <laughs> yeah, somebody, gosh, it was like some random like Warcraft chat I got into where something came up about this podcast, and someone ended up listening to a bunch of it, and they like came back later and asked me if David had ever seen Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> like, they... They needed an update on this. It was very important. <laughs> I really liked it. It's a good movie. Yeah, really yeah. great Tim Roth. If, if Tim Roth hadn't been in there, I'm not sure yes. if I would have liked it as much. Anyway, yeah, uh, Rat Trap tracks oh, down sounds, sounds Night Scream and Noble Savage. And what? Okay, I got a question. And yeah, uh, Noble's kind of just given him a bunch of... It's kind of addressed here, but okay. Noble's been around for however long, at least a week now. What the heck does he eat? Uh-huh. It looks like he's been on the gas since he's been gone, yeah. He apparently Oh, eats... we do see an answer for what he's been eating. Yes. The techno-organic apple thing. Gray apples are back! Yeah, like... Yes! Gray Although apples! They're kind, of, they're kind of bluish, but yeah, they yeah. are... And they're apparently, like, totally mechanical. They're not organic, like the fruit we saw in Forbidden Fruit. And they're not techno-organic. They're just totally mechanical apples. Yeah, well, they look... Um, yep. I guess, well, they would have been organic converted to technology. It's, yeah, but they're metal. It's weird. How the hell has he been eating them? I mean, well, Night Scream I mean, see the, uh, Night Scream can eat, uh, is apparently just eating these. What kind of teeth does he have? Bat teeth. Two He's sets like of them. rocks. <laughs> they're metal. How, how is Noble eating them? He's all organic now. How does I feel like it's got to get his iron, man. I can, uh. and, not only eating these, but he's presumably excreting these somehow. Uh, oh, that's uh, a horrifying thought, but a lot of metals are softer than you'd think. Not that soft. Uh, gold's pretty soft. I guess. I mean, like, still, though. We're, they we're put gold in food sometimes, gold flake. But This is true. This is like a solid chunk of... He's got to be leaving piles of iron filings all over Cybertron. I guess that's how they found him. Iron and steel, and there's circuits in there because there's glowing blue bits. It's very weird that he's eating. But it's nice to come back around to gray apples, even if they're different gray apples. Yes. Even though we fu- even though we refuel on Energon. Period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rat Trap tries to rescue uh, Night Scream. But instead, they both have to flee for their lives when Noble turns into Savage and uh, goes all uh, Godzilla on them. <laughs> With that great, great Animorphs level transformation morph. Yep. Oh, I mean, it's slightly better than Animorphs. I guess. But I mean, only because was... none of it has to be photorealistic. I mean, that, yeah, that was live action Canadian TV budget CG. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, Black Rack and Silverbolt get to uh, the uh, the BFH, but immediately find themselves inside Phantasm. Kind of, so yeah. They're, well, they're, con- they're they're confronted by little floating Phantasmy orb thingies, but it made me more think of the Robo antibodies that were inside Unicron. 
You play a good game, boy. Yes, yes. You just wanted to say that. <laughs> I do. It's Halloween. I gotta gotta get my Angus Scrim on. Yeah, I haven't seen Phantasm <laughs> in a long time. I wonder if it's on Netflix. Probably not. I. It's not on Canadian Netflix. They. I, there's just a re-release coming out because they. Uh, well, they the fifth one. Uh, just came out. It, uh, what? I knew there was a re-release. I didn't know they made it. Yeah, yeah. They made a fifth one. Uh, Phantasm Ravager. It's oh. like the last one they made before Angus Scrim died. Oh, yeah, I knew he died. I wasn't sure if he was in it. I thought the yes, last movie I mean, he I... made was like uh, John Dies at the End. He, no, I guess he, he must have filmed this right before, because, I mean, he was like 90 years old. So they, yeah. they had to figure, we better make this last Phantasm movie and fast. He was old in that first one. It's from like 78. Yeah, and it, when he was in John Dies at the End, he's just sitting down in a chair for one scene. Uh, it was a good scene, but... Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, uh, Beast Machines, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, allow me to then to segue to another uh, movie reference, because we get Megatron's manifestation of himself made out of scrolling columns of data. Yep. And he, ha- he has some things to explain to you, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I mean, I think we've discussed last season how there's, you know, this is obviously right after The Matrix came out, and was an influence, but yeah, this is pretty dead on. Yeah, but but this actually takes it a step beyond, because it has the scrolling text, although it's Cybertron and you can't read it's going too fast, but his face comes, uh, deforms out of the, it's a really neat effect. The, 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 although it also has the, yeah, it's very cool looking, it also has the side effect of making him look very much like a uh, Protoss from Starcraft. Yeah, I can see that. And uh, yeah, they, they have a big he and Black Arachne are battling over Silverbolt's soul. I gave you strength. I gave you power. Black Arachne says, you know, I, I, we gave you friendship. I gave you my heart. <laughs> and, uh... Black Arachne's convincing concludes. doesn't really seem to work so much as just Silverbolt's ancillary anger and angst. Oh, he's he's kill crazy. And he transforms, and he is a samurai chicken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I will say the thing that's definitely absolutely consistent with Silverbolt here is that he never does things, like, in halves. He goes <laughs> all in. Oh, yeah. So he's going to be dark and broody and vengeful. He's going to say, he's going to talk yeah, about he how he believed in yeah. things, and he was a fool. <laughs> yeah. For believing in things. <laughs> and remember, Silverbolt is a guy who likes throwing that word fool around. Yeah. Because uh, back, uh, back in Transmutate, uh, when they were going to put uh, Transmutate in stasis, he was all, fools, you're all fools. That's a good point. Which stuck with me, because who calls, besides him and I guess Dr. Doom, who calls people fools? <laughs> Mr. T. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I, I'm kind of just... Okay, is learning how to transform not a thing anymore? No, it's not. You just do it right away. Um... Yeah, that really struck me because specifically he was being very emotional at that point. He was not having any kind of balance. He was freaking out. He was very focused, although very focused and angry. I mean, my... my, uh, my no prize answer here is that uh, originally they had to learn to transform, but then uh, the Oracle put uh, the transforming instructions in the latest software patch, so they just get it pre-installed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, works for me. 
So that's why Night Scream did it, why Silverbolt did it, and why another character will be doing it in a couple episodes. Also, I love that he's just throwing exploding feathered darts at the wall (laughs) and won't stop for anything. Nope. (laughs) I mean, I guess the wall is, I mean, that's all Megatron, so that wall is, like, inside his brain. But still, yeah, he's just... No, I am. I don't care what's going on. I am just going to th- keep throwing exploding knives at this wall. <laughs> Black Arachne eventually has to, like, zap him and knock him out after Primal says, "We gotta leave," and he's just like not even hearing it. Yeah, yeah. She gets to Vulcan nerve pinch him. Uh, meanwhile, back on the surface, Rattrap and Night Scream are uh, still uh, running away from uh, Savage. They run into Thrust and his, I guess, miniature drones? Yeah, they seemed weirdly small. That's yeah, the first time they've seemed at a significantly smaller scale, isn't it? Well, no, that... He left those two in the wash too long. It's it's happened before. Like, the, the scale differences between the, the Viacon generals and their drones is variable. Although I don't... Yeah, I don't remember the Thrust drones being that much smaller. It's the Maybe first time they... they've been more than, like, a head smaller and all the way, like, half size. Yeah. Maybe they're just little ones. Could be like those are these uh, those are the legend scale ones. Oh, it was forced perspective. <laughs> but they were in front of him. Oh, oh, they were. Listen, Thrust like, just wanted to feel a little taller, so Megatron <laughs> made him some smaller ones. I mean, he is Waspinator deep down. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's feeling a little insecure. More than that, just insecure. He doesn't have any friends anymore. Yeah, because he gets confronted by uh, Silverbolt while he's frantically trying to radio for Jetstorm. Yeah. And he's all, yeah, Jetstorm's gone. Your only friend is dead, and he's never coming back because he's me now. I'm chucking you into the water, which we shouldn't have on Cybertron, so I guess this is Sprite or something. (laughs) Mm, Sprite. Go for a Sprite. Uh, The great Cybertronian Uncola waterways. (laughs) Uncola ways. So fizzy and delicious. So yeah, Primal welcomes Silverbolt back into the Maximals, and Silverbolt just leaves. (laughs) He's such an edgelord. (laughs) He is being such an edgelord. I'm glad we have a name for that sort of character now. (laughs) And yeah, Night Scream tries to, you know, also tries to get them to take uh, Noble back into the fold. But Primal says, you know, if you... Eventually, if he can, he'll come back to us. And until then, uh, I don't want him, like, pooping indoors. <laughs> well, bird I, poop, I mean, it's kind of... Yeah. Well, no, he's, he's oh, like mean... half wolf, half dragon. Who knows what's coming out of that? That's right. We're not talking about Silverbolt yeah. pooping indoors. No, no. I mean, <laughs> Silverbolt, they're just going to have to put some newspaper down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wrote down that Primal telling Night Scream he can't keep Noble was like a dad who really doesn't want a dog telling his son, maybe when you're older. Yeah. Maybe when maybe when that dog stops transforming into a murder dragon. <laughs> yeah. I also had a, a really sad note of, oh wow, now that Silverbolt's back and Rat Trap's saying something to him, we're going to get Scott McNeil voice acting with himself. And oh, oh no, no, he yeah. left. Well, you're without getting that next episode, so be careful what you wish for. That's Put a good point. That monkey's paw. <laughs> And so, yeah, uh, once again, Black Arachne tracks down Silverbolt. He's sitting on top of a, a skyscraper, backlit by a neon sign. The the sun's coming up. It's it's very, or is it setting? Maybe it's setting. 
It's Michael Bay. Who knows? <laughs> it, it's the magic. It's yeah. golden houring, yeah. 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 But uh, the music's sort of very subtle here. It's very Blade Runner. I really like it. Hmm. And uh, and they kind of have a nice little conversation that is, uh, I you know he she talks about how you know nobody's mad at you because you were Jetstorm, but he's you know he's just mad because he he liked being Jetstorm. Yeah, he kind yeah. of feels that actually he he was kind of Jetstorm. Whereas I wrote in my notes, he freed me from my heterosexuality and I reveled in it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it, it is an interesting take that that he enjoyed being Jetstorm. He enjoyed a chance to be bad because his programming was forcing him to be bad. So now he's just a mopey, honorless samurai. And now yes, he feels Abe. bad about it. Yeah. Poor Silverbolt. I might feel more sorry for him if he looked better. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, I, I did joke about it being a samurai chicken, but I kind of like this robot mode. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I don't like the bird mode. I really like his robot mode. It's pretty nice. It's, it's a little too samurai-y in a way, but the top knot is maybe a little much. Yeah, and he kind of yeah. almost has a Fu Manchu, like yeah. the way his face is divided. But yeah. Did on the on this subject of the Edge Lord thing, I, I've actually been. Uh, Noting recently that that's like one of my favorite things about like the feminine side of, of fan stuff is you get people who take these like Kylo Ren, people oh, who uh-huh. just like almost affectionately infantilize them. <laughs> like, oh, look, they're so precious. Look at these sad. So I sort of wonder, like, if this was something that had come out more recently, like how the fandom would react to Silverbolt, if if it would be like the reaction to Kylo Ren, where they just want to give him a blankie. Or or Reaper from Overwatch. I've seen a lot of that. Or Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they become adorable little rubies of, of emotions. Yes. I'm, I'm bad. I'm evil now. Oh, you're so cute. I want to pet your little head. Ruffle your top. We can't yeah, take they... your angst seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, they they hold hands. They watch the sunset and uh, or possibly rise. And uh, that's how the episode ends. And it's yeah. it's kind of sweet. I like it. Yeah, it's nice. It's a, l- yeah. a little bit romantic. It's. I think it might actually be the most uplifting ending of an episode, even though Silverbolt is all down on himself. Yeah, he's still down on himself, but she's you know she's gonna keep trying to make him stop moping all the goddamn time. Yeah, and, yeah he still uh, did seem a bit out of character here to me. I'm not sure why, but I don't know. She never seemed like the lovey-dovey half of the relationship until now. I mean, I guess she she's got to do all the lovey-dovey heavy lifting now. So otherwise, yeah, it'll be uh, you know, it's flipped. It's 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 so weird, but it's nice that he was the one that was evil because she was evil first. It's 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 a nice balancing there. In yeah. harmony with each other. Yeah. Although, of course, she, he never, you know, forcibly reprogrammed her or anything, but the shell program, the, uh, Viacon, I mean, that's a whole different personality. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a thorny ethical issue. I think, uh, you know, we could, uh, we could talk about that for ages. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, that is it for, uh, In Darkest Night. You can find us, uh, all over the internet. We are on, uh, Tumblr, we are on Twitter, we are on Facebook. And uh, you can get us on iTunes. And we are hosted online by iaconunderground.net. Uh, we also have a Patreon setup for this podcast and our news show, Icon Underground Radio. You can find that at patreon.com slash Underground. 
And uh, if you would, if you want to tell us whether Black Ragnia is a Viacon murderer or a uh, a maximal healer, write in and tell us. Write into the Maxim mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail dot com. So please join us next time when we, uh, well, kind of welcome a wolf in the fold. Dun dun. It's, it's going to get stupid around here, people. <laughs> But until then, I'm Rob. And I'm not I'm wearing Jen. hockey pads. <laughs> I'm Jen, bub. I'm Alex, and I don't have a gag prepared for this. <laughs> I'm David, and I hit him with a rock. It was a big rock. didn't bring it up during the episode, but Megatron's explanation of what he was trying to do came dangerous and close to just being, make Cybertron great again. <laughs> yeah! Oh, oh well, uh-huh. that's... Wait, is that more in... Yeah, it's more in the next episode. We're definitely going to get some of that in Wolf in the Fold, where he's definitely trying to... I mean, he's not really trying to... He's really trying to persuade Primal. Yeah. I mean, he's persuading Primal about more specifics than, like, higher level, no specifics kind of thing, like in this episode. Yeah, that's true. <laughs>